in a world filled with information. Where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! On today's Get Ready for the Future show, the psychology of your personal finances, how your mentality and then your behavior can greatly determine your outcome in retirement. Where do you need to make a change? This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And we welcome you into another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show all across Arkansas and all across the internet. It is our second week of live streaming. Welcome aboard. We are glad to have you with us. And I just got to poll the panel. Now, Candace, Candace Stanley with us. This is your first live streaming. First so I guess live. I really can't poll you. But for okay. John and Janet and <laughs> myself, you. I got to know, how do you feel sitting here live in week two compared to week one? A little better. It's a different, little, isn't it? it? It's it's a little bit more at ease. Yeah. You know, there's always the the jitters of a first time of doing anything, yeah. and uh, when you're going live, no matter how many people are watching, you always are are a little bit more uptight. Yeah, I, I wasn't nervous last week. I right. was like giddy excited, and that's kind of chilled a little bit this yeah. week. But but it's still it's still very cool. Hey, I, I'm let's, excited about it. Let's remind people who are watching if you've got a question or a comment, uh, go ahead and and. Uh, Message us in the uh, in the comments section of the mm-hmm. live stream, and uh, it'll get passed along to us, and we will answer whatever question you might have about retirement investments and your money. I think for me, it's now I know what to expect. Last yeah. week, no matter how much you prepare, it's live, and trust me, I know I've been there. <laughs> you really never know totally what to expect. Right. There is a certain element of the unexpected. And I think that really kind of ties into what we're going to talk about today. We're talking about behavioral finance, and, and when that unexpected happens, how do you respond to it? Whether it's an investing, whether it's an emergency that happens in your uh, family and you have to figure out how to pay for it. How, how do you really respond? And that can really have a huge impact on your outcome, not only in retirement, but just your success in finances in general. You know, I was thinking about where our behavior really comes into play in life, and it's really everything, but where people I think it could resonate the most is in your eating habits in your fitness habits. I think about it in sports, John. You know, you, you and I are big football fans. I think the best coaches are the best motivators of talent oh, yeah. because it's not just the best players on the field that win the games. It's the ones who are motivated in the right way and behave in the right way. When a, when a team comes out and plays with a, an incredible amount of emotion, we saw that all year with LSU. If yep. Ed Ogeron is good at anything, yes. it's firing those guys up. And and obviously, it's, it's almost heresy for me to even speak kindly of LSU. You. But uh, okay. but you know the facts are the facts. Uh, yeah. they, they were a very good team this year, and a big part of that was was how jacked up they were when they played. Yeah. So it comes into play in everything we do, and finance is no different. I think there's a, a lot of noise out there about behavioral finance. Maybe you've heard about it, but today we're kind of going to dissect that. Uh, what exactly? How does it come into play, or maybe said a better way, how does it rear its ugly head in mm-hmm. your finances, and how can you make some changes in your mentality? Because really, this goes back to mentality first, 
and then behavior second. And making better financial choices in your life can lead to better outcomes. One of the things that I am very fond of saying to folks is, look, one of our big roles at GenWealth is to help you to avoid doing the wrong thing at the wrong time for the wrong reason. Because life is going to happen to you at some point in time. Life is going to get you. And it is not so much what happens to you, it is how you react to it. It it really is. I'll go to a couple of things here. Henry Ford said uh, that when you when you think about if you think that you can you will and if you mm-hmm. think that you can't you won't i mm-hmm. messed that up a little bit but you get the general idea what it, whatever you're thinking is going to become your reality is where he was going with that and i remember when we were dealing with the sports psychologist the doctor who works with the the football team at Notre Dame she was telling a story about the impact of all the psychology on the players and she talked about one of these guys talking to her and he, he says duck I ain't never spent so much time thinking about what I'm thinking about. And and that was her point, that you have to, you really do, you have to think about what you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. And you're going to become whatever that is. So with regard to money, if you think you're broke, guess what? You're right. If you think that you're going to be okay and you can work through this phase of life that may not be fabulous, guess what? You're also right. Your mindset plays a huge role. I don't have any evidence of this, but my my supposition is is that fear – has really impacted people from an investing standpoint, and they've lost more money because of fear Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. people have probably lost at the gambling tables at Vegas because fear number. (laughs) Yeah, it is a big number. But but you think about the impact of fear and what it does to you and what it makes you do. And think about what we went through in 2008. A lot of people were fearful in 2008. And a lot of people stayed fearful and are still fearful in 2020 because of what they went through in 2008. And look at what they missed in the run-up because fear took over. You know, here's the thing, too. I want to be sure right off the bat that we are not preaching to you today because we've been there. That's the other thing. I've made some bad financial decisions. Mm -hmm. I know you have never done that. Never, no. No, Everybody (laughs) at this table has. You know, and I think about how behavior, Candace, and how psychology plays into that, where I made most of my bad financial decisions was because I didn't think long-term. I didn't have a plan. I didn't know where I was going. I just knew I wanted that, and I got it. Right, yeah. right. But when we were talking about behaviors and you know thinking that we can, and thinking, it reminds yeah. me of the um, all-team meeting that we had, and you had mm. us put the string and a lug nut at the yes. end. Yeah. And so uh, Janet told us, okay, now now think it's going to sway, was it left and right? Yeah. Left and right, left and right. Yeah, yeah, and don't move your hand. Yeah. And so that thing would just start moving left and right. Okay, now think forward and backwards. And so we would think forward, backward, forward, and it would start moving forward and backwards. Mm. And I mean, I think that's the same mentality that you need for saving for retirement think that you're going to be there envision it and then you'll start making small changes to get there yeah that actually also came from the sports psychologist at notre dame we're going to give credit on that one but but the i'll take a moment to explain the the science behind that if somebody's watching your finger and your thumb with that whole hex nut deal you don't really see physical movement but what's happening is when you're thinking move forward and back it's not a magic trick you're thinking move forward and back and your brain is sending those ever so minute signals to make these ever so minute movements and so there's this tiny tiny movement that really again is imperceptible to the human Mm -hmm. eye but it's enough to make that string with the hex nut move the same type of concept is happening on your finances if you're like i can't do this guess what your brain is sending a signal that says 
you can't do this. And what's really funny is seeing a video of that being explained and demonstrated to a group of of uh, you know, college football players. Uh-huh. A lot of them thought it was hoodoo magic. You know, it's like, <laughs> how are they doing that? What's going on here? But it, it really is uh, yeah. the power of your mind and, and, and to even make those little minute movements with your, with your fingertips to make that sway back and forth mm-hmm. one way or the other. It really does prove that if you think you can or you think you can't, can't, you're right. Yeah. And when a lot of times when we are dealing with people in their retirement, their finances and what have you, they come in with a mindset of, I, I'll never will retire. I haven't saved enough money. I can't do this. And we just have to have a reset. We have yeah. to go, okay, stop. You've got to believe that you can do this before we can ever get down the road to doing anything because all the financial help in the world that we can give you is not going to help you if when you walk out of here, you're telling yourself, I can't do it. So you mm-hmm. won't do the things that will get you to that point. And it starts, I think, with defining the what. Because when you think about it, if you go back to what we talked about at the top of the show, it's eating or it's fitness. You've got to put a number on that. I mean, most people don't say, I'm going to lose weight right. and succeed. They've got, right. to, they've got to define how much weight are we going to lose and how much are we going to lose along the way to get to our final goal. Same thing works with uh, with eating. If you, you don't just say, I don't think people successfully change their eating habits by saying, I'm going to eat healthier. Well, what does that mean? You have yeah. to define that. Same is true in retirement or any financial goals. It's casting that vision, defining what it is you're trying to reach, the outcome. I'm gonna hand, I was about to hand off to you, but I realized we only have about 20 seconds left. That wouldn't be a you productive were, thing. And I can tell by you looking back at me that <laughs> we didn't have enough time to go to you. So we're going to talk a little bit about the psychology of investing and really overall personal finance on today's Get Ready for the Future show. We are just getting started. We hope you'll stay with us for the next hour. Back in a minute. Want to know what goes on in the studio? During this break, go subscribe to the Gen Wealth Financial Advisors YouTube channel and get all the straight talk on retirement, investments, and your money. This is Scott Inman. At Genwell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life, whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across Central Arkansas, there is a GenWealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member Fender SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Well, we are a few weeks into the new year, and 2020 is really kind of so far, John, picking up right where 2019 left off. 31% up on the S&P 500 in 2019, and now we move into an election year. And We talked a lot about this uh, in 2019, but we're here now. We're in yep. the election year. We know that uh, the incumbent president is running. We know that he's up for election. So what does that mean, at least historically? How have the markets behaved? in a presidential uh, election year when the president in 
the office is up for re-election. That's the subject of today's Fastest Four. Absolutely. And it's a little bit unique this year in that we have an election year and an impeachment underway as we are speaking today. And so clearly there are a lot of different dynamics. And Scott, before we get into the numbers of this, a lot of people are beginning to be a little bit uneasy about where we are in the markets because it's been so good for so long that people are going, okay, when's the other shoe going to drop? I'm really fearful as high as we are right now, what's going on? And I have to tell you that that has been a theme uh, that I've heard throughout my career as a financial advisor for over 30 years. Man, this market is high. It can't get any higher, but it eventually it does go higher. Now, yeah. that's not to say that we're just going to keep chugging along here, but there, there very clearly could be a correction in the market, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the market is going to go to pot, so to speak, as a lot of people are fearful. And a especially not because of a presidential election. Yeah, so let's set the table. In a four-year term of any president, historically, the best year has been the third year, and that certainly played out with a 31% return on the S&P last year. Sure. In uh, election years, it has tended to be dependent upon whether or not it's a lame duck president in office. In other words, if the election is going to for sure produce a new president. If there's a chance that the president is going to get reelected, which we have this year, historically since 1950, the S&P has been up on average 11.7%. And the astounding thing, John, is that it has it has been up 100% of the time, yeah, every, it, every time. Yeah, clearly the election, if there's some uh, clear certainty about the election, the markets like certainty. They, they don't yes. like uncertainty. They don't like change. And so when you see in a situation where you have a lame duck president, they're clearly going out and somebody else is coming in. That's when the markets actually show not so great returns during an election year. Yeah. So if you had a lame duck president, on average, the S&P 500 was still up, but it was only up at a 2.4% clip and it was only up about two thirds of the time. Now, it turns out, though, whether the president ultimately gets reelected in that year is really has not much of a factor on whether that year is up or not. So it has been regardless of if the incumbent lost or not, because that includes 1980 when Jimmy Carter lost. It includes right. all those years where the incumbent was running but ended up losing. The S&P was still up. Interestingly enough, let's talk about 2020 as and, and look back at some history to t- see what might happen between now and the election. Stocks actually have traded in a tight range from February to June in the election year, and a big rally has normally taken place during the second half of the year. So usually in the second half of the year, there's some clarity about the direction of the election, and the markets respond to certainty once again. So again, it is almost predictable what the markets might do. What's not predictable, obviously, is who's going to be on the Democratic side and how that vote's actually going to go. Yeah, so the numbers look good for another positive year in 2020, but obviously, as you mentioned, with the impeachment and all the other uh, possible things that could happen, there's never a certainty there. You right. always want to have that continued diversified portfolio. So that's a look at maybe reading the tea leaves for the election year on this Fastest 4 Minutes in Investing. We thank you for watching on social media and for listening. The Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. We've got live events happening near you. Go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash events for a calendar and sign up now. We're back right after these messages. You ain't heard nothing yet. Buckle up, because we're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. 
broadcasting all across the state of Arkansas and live streaming once again today. It's our second week of our live stream, 11.30 a.m. on Wednesdays. You can catch us live on Facebook Live and also on YouTube. And if you want, you can interact with us. John mentioned this at the beginning of the program. We would love to hear your feedback. And since we're talking today about the psychology, the psychology of personal finance. And maybe you might want to just share a story. We've kind of shared some of the stories that we've uh, had from our bad financial decisions, or at least I did. I don't maybe remember anybody else chiming in on that. <laughs> no. You're the only one. Scott. You're the only one. Yeah, I could get specific, but we love just, we love stories, and that's easy for people to to share. But if you have a question or a story or just a comment, you can interact with us right now on our live stream. Uh, just do that by watching Facebook Live. You can also watch on uh, YouTube. Scott, I would like to ask people that are watching. What is your financial hangup? What is the mental hangup yeah. that you've got about finances? Is it the stock market? Is it the fear of loss? Is it what is it? Just uh, comment to us, and uh, we'll we'll include that in the show. Uh, just uh, type into the comment box down at the bottom of the page. I want to take a moment to remind you of a couple of Gen Wealth Academy workshops just around the horizon. In fact, one is tomorrow, and if you are hearing this on radio, it will have already happened. So this is just for our live stream audience. Tomorrow, January 23rd at 6.30 at Mike's Place in Conway, we're talking about fortifying your finances. And there's still, I believe, a little bit of room, although not much, uh, available if you want to register at GetReadyForTheFuture.com and join us for basically a three-tiered Gen Wealth Academy workshop. We're going to be talking about three main topics that all tie in to fortifying your finances. The FBI will be there. Don't worry, they're not going to run a background check on you. They're there just to share some information about identity theft or identity fraud and how that can be a big loss in retirement if you don't protect yourself and the measures you can take to do that. Uh, we'll also have Stephanie Smith from the Gen Wealth team there who spent 27 years at the Social Security Administration. She will be there to share uh, the importance of making the right decisions when it comes to your Social Security benefit or benefits in retirement. And then members of our team will talk about the investment side of things, building a retirement income plan and having the right investment strategy that both targets growth long term, but also protection as you move into retirement. And if you can't make it uh, on January 23rd, tomorrow night in Conway, you can also sign up for one the next week. It's January 28th at 6.30 at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock doing the same topic, fortifying your finances. Again, it's free to attend as always, and you can sign up at GetReadyForTheFuture.com. So back to behavioral finance today, guys. And I've shared this story on the show before, but when we talked last segment about you've got to define what you're trying to achieve. You've got to begin with the end in mind. Use however terminology you want to use to define that. I think about my GPS story. I always seem <laughs> to think about the GPS story because it quite frankly traumatized me. You know, many of you, <laughs> many of you know that I, I get the great opportunity and great privilege to be the pregame show host for the Razorback Sports Network uh, during football Saturdays. And I get to travel to all of the SEC venues. And back in Brett Bielema's first year, so this story is rather rather old nowadays. <laughs> Way back in 2013, we went to Gainesville, Florida. And as everyone else does, I use the GPS to just plug in the addresses that I'm going to. And, and it gets me there most of the time. Everybody depends on that uh, in life now. I land at the Gainesville airport. I plug in the hotel that I'm staying at. It takes me right there. The next day at the football game, I plug in the name of the stadium. It takes me right there. It takes me back to the hotel after the game. Next morning, I'm flying out of Gainesville, and I put, it, put in the Gainesville airport, and it creates the route 
And off I go. Is now, this a past performance is not indicative of future results? <laughs> Very good. Yes, that is exactly what happened. So it was pre-dawn. Let me set the scene. So it's still dark. I've got a very early flight. It Now, keep in mind, it brought me from the airport to the hotel with no problems. Right. Now I'm going back to the airport, and I did notice I was going different, uh, different route. Okay, but hey, you know, I thought traffic might have something to do with that. So I followed it to the T, left and right, left and right, left and right. Guess where I wound up? As I turned left into a neighborhood, I started to get the idea that maybe the GPS was incorrect. But I kept following it because it's the GPS, and yeah. I have no, and I have nothing else. Let's let's be honest. So I go right and left, and I end up at a cul-de-sac, and it says "arrived" <laughs> at the Gainesville Airport. <laughs> nice. Still dark. Four houses. What do you do? No, no, no planes in sight. No planes in sight. (laughs) You weren't just on the other side of the airport and wandered into the wrong neighborhood or anything like that. Well, I wasn't very far, but I couldn't see it. I see. Okay. So I backed back out of the cul-de-sac, went to a convenience store, asked directions like you used to do. (laughs) Yes. And I got there and I barely made my flight, by the way. I mean, I walked in and they're literally boarding. So I just got on the plane. But the, the point of the story for me and the application there is I began carrying an atlas everywhere I went because I was not going to be in that situation again. Well, think well, about the GPS. Now, just think about what you're doing when you're following that. You can be lost without being lost. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. Because mm-hmm. you don't know it. You yeah. don't know what's going on. You're turning left and right and following directions, but have no concept of where you really are. When you carry that atlas, you unfold it. You see where you are. You can see the whole state of Florida. Now, maybe yeah. I couldn't find the Gainesville Airport, but I know where I am in relation to other things. So financially, think about how many people are, they're just turning left and right, yes. if you will. They're doing their daily activities of working towards retirement, contributing to the 401k is a great example on this. They think, oh, I'm handling my retirement. I'm yep. contributing to my 401k. I've taken care of that. And then they arrive to the cul-de-sac mm-hmm. that should be the airport and go, I'm not ready for retirement. But they've checked the box on, hey, I was doing what I was supposed to do. It told me to turn left. I turned left. I contributed to my 401k. What did I miss? They never had anybody sit down with a detailed atlas Mm -hmm. and go, okay, if you're going to reach this destination for you, here's what you need to do to, to create this path for yourself. Janet, another example of that is people who think they've got their estate plan taken care of if they have a will. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you may be creating a bigger problem yeah. if you have a will and don't have other things in place. And so uh, technology can only take you so far. Yeah. There is a human touch, and that's what you were in search of after the GPS failed you, was yeah. the human touch, the guy that actually knew where the airport was <laughs> that could right. get you there. That's right. And so when you think about financial planning, we we think that the, there is a great intersection between the human touch and technology. Technology can do things that, that obviously humans can't do but only a human can sit down with you and understand Mm -hmm. this is where you need to get to and understand your fears and understand your concerns. Uh, Christy Miller is checking in with us on Facebook Live, and she says that her fear is that the markets are so overvalued right now and the Fed continues to pour 70 to $90 billion every other day in just to keep it going. I'm fearful that it will collapse. Scary to be in the markets right now. Mm. Well, here's what I would say, Christy, is that you know a lot of this has been going on for a long time, mm. and and the Fed has some uh, control over what's going on in the markets, but the markets at the end of the day are actually driven by one thing that we really do focus on, and that's earnings. Mm-hmm. If companies are not earning money, 
then the stock price eventually is going to correct. And so we don't necessarily look at what the Fed is doing or anything of that nature, although the Fed does have some impact on it. We do look at earnings a lot, Scott. And and again, taking the emotion out of it and Mm -hmm. looking at the facts. That's where the behavior can really be detrimental. Because if you think about the last time there was a perceived collapse, it was 2008. But yeah. it didn't really collapse. It took a big step backwards. Sure. But right. look where we are now. And I think that's the thing you have to remember, to John's point, is the fundamentals. The earnings. Are corporations healthy and are corporations doing well? And are they attractive to be participating in some of that profitability, which is what investors are looking for. And it is a short term. In the short term, I think she's right. I think it could provide some volatility. And, and, and maybe this year, there's a lot of that. But in the long term vision of things, you have to believe in the stock market. Absolutely. We want to thank Christy for checking in. If you've got questions, just go ahead and drop down into the comment section on Facebook Live and uh, shoot us your question. And we will uh, uh, gather that here on in the studio and uh, try to uh, work it into our show. So let's build on that 2008 topic, because when you talk about behavior, a lot of people got out in 2008 and never got back in. And even more so for the younger generation who were kids in that time frame and were not investing yet, it's really carved out a scar in their soul, too. Yeah. So when we talk about past performance is not indicative of future results, one of the things that, that we discussed in preparing for this is that's always used in our industry to, you know, when you look back historically at some investment that has performed really well, if they got, you know, 20 something percent return year after year after year, there's this disclaimer in there says past performance is not indicative of future results to let you know, hey, it may have done really well then next year may stink. All right. So don't base next year on this year. But really, the same needs to be true if the past performance was negative. Mm -hmm. Just because 2008 was negative did not mean that all the years following it were negative. They weren't. So you've got to think about what impact has your life experience, whatever it is, whatever your financial life experience has been, what impact does that have on you that if you were to place a logical lens and look through that at your circumstances that you would view it differently than looking through it at, at an, through an emotional lens. And Scott, next week we're going to hear the 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 straight talk from Ryan Dietrich mm-hmm. on this subject. As yeah. a matter of fact, Ryan Dietrich, the chief market strategist for LPL Financial, is going to be on our show on uh, our live broadcast next week at this time, and we'll, we're going to talk with him about what's going on with the Fed, what's going on with the markets, what's going on with earnings. All of that, and you can. There is, there are answers out there other than just fear. Mm -hmm. And you know, there are a set of facts that, if that's all you know, you can be fearful, and and logically so, you would be fearful because of those set of facts. Mm -hmm. But it's when you understand the rest of the story that you can begin to really understand the true picture. Yeah, the answer, I think, to fear is education, Mm -hmm. right? And we're a very education-driven organization. And so that can really help subside that fear if you'll just come in and get some education and some facts and talk about those things. Let me mention this, too. When when I said that you do have to believe in the stock market, that doesn't mean all of your eggs are in the stock market, right? You can have diversification. How much diversification depends on where you are in your journey to retirement. If you're right at retirement, you need a lot of diversification, but you still have to believe in the stock market for long-term growth. But I would also say the second point to that is if you're fearful of what happens in the stock market, but that historically is the place that you can outpace inflation with your wealth, 
What's the alternative? To hide in an instrument that does not keep up with inflation. And that's something you should be fearful of as well. Right. Yeah, and in, in our uh, listeners' uh, situation here, Christie's situation, I don't know whether she's young, older, right. or, or whatever the case may be, but there is maybe some even opportunity in mm-hmm. terms of a market downturn if you're younger. But if you're older, then there is opportunity for diversification. There's opportunity for you to do some different things in your portfolio to basically insulate yourself from some of that market volatility and how it might impact your retirement income. So all of those things are great things to take a look at. When we come back, we're going to talk about six tips to create good money habits. Again, behavior driven by habits. How can you create those when we come back? If you want the answer, ask the question. Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question, and we'll answer it on the air. We'll be back in just a moment. From the Gen Wealth Radio Network Studios, we're back with more of the Get Ready for the Future show. Hey, we've got offices all over Arkansas, Central Arkansas, in Hot Springs, Bryant, West Little Rock, El Dorado, also in Bossier City, Louisiana. So if you'd like to reach out and talk to a Genwell Financial Advisor about your specific circumstances and your retirement dreams and goals, you can do that by calling 501-653-7355. Someone is there. Uh, answering the phone and can set you an appointment. And that first appointment costs you nothing just to sit down and have a conversation. You can also reach out via email if you'd rather not make a phone call. That can be done by heading over to getreadyforthefuture.com and sending us in an email. On radio today and on live streaming, we want to make sure that uh, you know that you can interact with us. As we talked to Christy just moments ago, just reach out, send us a comment or a question on Facebook Live. I failed to mention the Conway location. I've got to get in the habit of that. That's (laughs) not here yet, but very close. In our first live stream last week, uh, we talked to Chad Roller and Teresa Arago, who will be the advisors in that office. February 1st, they're open for business, right? Yeah. yeah. First of February, we're going to be open for business in Conway, and uh, we're just uh, expanding in the central Arkansas market, and who knows where we're going to be next. So we're talking today about the psychology of investing, and as promised before the break, we want to talk about these six tips to good money habits. And you know, we're going to start talking about one that maybe is an ugly word for folks, Candace, and that's budgeting. And it's yes. not something that I get wound up it's about. Four-letter word to some folks. Yes. Yeah. I think some people have, most people, have taken a stab at this somewhere along their lives. Mm-hmm. It's hard to stick to it, but it is essential when it comes to creating good money habits. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a, a bad thing to stick to a budget. It can actually open up opportunities that you didn't know were there. And I think what's really key is to keep it simple, not to get too uh, detailed with it. We have uh, a copy of a zero-based budget that we Mm -hmm. can send you. So if you would like a copy of that, just send us a message on Facebook, and we'll be happy to get that to you with your email address. Um, Or I guess they can email us, too. What's our Mm -hmm. email address? It's info at getreadyforthefuture.com, correct? You got it. You got it. Yep. So if you uh, ask for that budget, we'll send it to you. But if you keep that thing um, pretty simple, it's a lot easier Mm -hmm. to stick to. If you're trying to create a big habit... Such as like with fitness, I'm going to work out five days a week all year long. Mm-hmm. You know, when you create a big um, habit like that, it can get pretty daunting and it's kind of easy to give up quickly. Right. But if you start simple and small, you're more likely to stick with it. So and here's the thing. If you if you don't know what a zero based budget is, uh, let's talk a little bit about what makes it a zero based budget, because I think that generally speaking, here's how I like the budget. I know my monthly number. 
yep. of income. I know my monthly number for expenses and everything else is up to me, right? Yep. But if you live with that generality, you can get it, it can get out of hand. Yeah. So the zero based budget, you'll put in your income and then your expenses and you want to assign a job for every single dollar yep. until you get that thing zeroed out. So the hence the zero based budget. Yeah. So every dollar goes somewhere. And if more comes out of one category, then you've got to reduce it out of another category. And you yep. see it right there happen over time. And I think it's really not only does it keep your expenses and your spending in line or allows you to do that? It also, if you've got a category for savings for yeah. your emergency budget or your retirement, it allows you to see how much you're actually spending and how much you're putting back for retirement. Well, I think it also is important to know if you're thinking about this whole zero-based budget thing and say, man, that sounds really restrictive. I don't know that I want to do that. Understand that there's even a category for blowing some money because guess what? Yeah. You're going yeah. to blow some money. You yeah. are. there. There's no question about it. You're going to waste some mm -hmm. money on something. So go ahead and budget for it so it doesn't get out of hand. And when the blow money is gone, yeah. then guess what? Stop. Yes. For that month. And that's yes. the other thing I really like about it is that, you know, you don't have to stop blowing money forever. You don't have to stop eating out forever. But when it when that category, whatever it is, blow money, eating out, when that category is done for that month, you stop for that month. But then next month, you can eat out again, and mm -hmm. it's okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I really like to look at a, at a budget as telling your money what you want it to do mm -hmm. rather than it telling you what you can't do. Right. You get to make those decisions ahead of time, on paper, on purpose. By the way, I don't think we mentioned this is in an Excel spreadsheet, which means it does the math for you. So yeah. it's super easy. So like Candace said, just contact us if you want a copy of that. And it's customizable too. So yeah. there may not be expenses on that sheet that you receive, but you can add in there so you can make it work for your own family. When you talk about that blow money, I like to call it planned spontaneity. Okay. Yeah. Planned yep. spontaneity. Because I like That's to good. spend money spontaneously, but I've planned for it, right? Yeah. And this essential, the reason we start with this one is it's essential to lining everything else up. Mm -hmm. When we talk about getting re to retirement with the right amount uh, of savings and assets, and when we talk about having an emergency fund so that you don't blow your budget when an emergency happens, it all starts with creating that zero-based budget. The next one on our list is give up the frugal habits that aren't really worth it. You know, I think about, there's a lot of different ways you could go with this, but when you think about how you go out of the way, I'm, I'm gonna put my wife out there on this one. <laughs> uh -oh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, honey. But she, my wife is, is a frugal spender. She will not buy anything at full price, okay? So that's what I love about her. What is a little bit of a struggle with us is, is that she sometimes buys more than we need because it was on sale. And yeah. I've often told her, I can't afford for you to keep saving us money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, so yeah. when when item X, <laughs> what, yeah, no soup is. for you tonight, buddy. <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. Yeah. Wh whatever it is, I think about that all the time when Stephen and I will get to the checkout counter and they'll go, hey, if you buy another one of these, it's 50% off. And we look at each other and like, we don't need two of these. Yes, we yeah. just need one. Right. So by yeah. <laughs> buying another one and quote unquote saving me 50% on the second item, you're actually costing me 50% on the, on the second item because I wasn't planning to, to buy that one. You've really got to think about the psychology. I mean, the person at the register is trained to do that. It is their job to right. say, would you like fries with that? To upsell whatever it is that they're doing. It's your job to go, what do I need? Mm-hmm. 
and, and honestly answer that question. Hey, look, I, I fell victim to that before and, and literally misplaced the second one and forgot that I had it and then went, wait a minute, I bought another one of those, yes. and, you know, and mm-hmm. and it's gone. And I, who knows where it's at? And I spent the money and mm-hmm. yeah, I have to go back and buy another one now because I can't find the one that I bought when I didn't need it. I think I followed that. <laughs> Our third tip is pay down. My life is complicated, Scott. <laughs> yes. Our third tip is pay down debt with bonus money. And you think about uh, paying down debt in general. We we believe in the Dave Ramsey approach of a debt snowball. You know, start with that smallest debt first, regardless of the interest rate, and get it out of the way. Again, it plays into the behavioral finance of this. Right. You need a win early on, and that will motivate you to keep paying off that debt. But secondly, if you have some extra money come in and I think about this too when the extra money comes in, I I don't I don't cash the check for a while. You you got to think, think about, about it. it. Think about what you you should do with it rather than what you could do with mm-hmm. it. And that's yeah. valuable. Yeah, and and oftentimes when people get a windfall, they think they should go and reward themselves and go out and spend money on yeah. something that they normally wouldn't spend it on. Look at it from a from a standpoint of how can I further my financial independence? Mm-hmm. Is it getting out of debt? Is it saving more money for retirement? Is it shoring up money in my emergency fund so when life happens, I've got the backup to take care of whatever that is so I don't have to go use the plastic, go use the credit card, then struggle with being in, in debt again. And so you've got to think about those windfalls that you get, whether it's you know a bonus at work or whether you drove by the, the gas station and, and hit the lottery and got you know an extra five grand or something from the lottery or whatever the case may be. You've got to think about how can I apply this to, be, to me becoming financially independent. That is that laser beam focus on the intentionality mm-hmm. of getting to that goal that you set out to, to get. You have to first believe that you can get that goal. Then you have to be laser beam focused on getting to that goal in any way that you can. I, I want to chase one timely topic on the source of bonus money. You know, we think of it as as bonuses from work. Somebody may gift you some money. But right now, what I'm seeing all over the place is conversations about tax refund money yep. coming in. And let me just caution you. I saw this coming into work yesterday, and frankly, it ticked me off. Mm-hmm. There was a sign that said, get an advance on your tax refund. Mm-hmm. And I thought... Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, seriously, think through that. For one thing, you've already loaned the government your money for a year, and you've loaned it to them interest-free. Now, if all of a sudden you say you need it back before, you know, April 15th or whenever they would get it to you in a timely manner after filing your taxes, then you're going to pay somebody to give you the money that you loaned interest-free to the IRS. Just wait a few more days and get it. It doesn't take that long to, to get your stuff back on a return these days. It's all electronic. File your return. Get your money. Don't pay somebody to get it for you. It's a stupid tax, as Dave Ramsey would say. Yeah. Once you got that budget and you've maybe cut down on your discretionary spending and you maybe have a little bit money, more money freed up, our next tip is max out your retirement savings or get closer to matching at maxing out your retirement savings because if you participate in a 401k, that number can be pretty daunting to just go from uh, point A to point B on, but increase it every year. Or if you get raises, use it there. Invest in yourself is another tip, and this doesn't necessarily mean investing in the stock market. It means spend your money where you spend your time. Think about uh, investing in learning, investing in something that might actually allow your career to advance. Because John, you can't make enough income 
to continue to spend all your income and arrive at retirement in a, in a golden place, you've still got to spend less than you make. But obviously, increasing your income is going to give you more options. You have got a, a very simple equation here. You've either got to put uh, do more with what you have or you've got to put more in the top of the funnel, if yeah. you think about it that way. And oftentimes that means acquiring a new skill, uh, getting some extra training on something. Uh, you know, I want to caution folks about going back to school to get a higher yeah. degree to hopefully get a job. How many people are struggling today with student loan debt mm -hmm. because they went back to school to get a higher level degree and thinking that they were going to get that job and that job just wasn't out there. Mm. Oftentimes, you know, you can work a deal with your employer and you say, well, look, uh, you know, there's a job here that I would like to, to uh, aspire to. What training is necessary? Do I need an extra course or something of that nature? Or can I go get some specialized training to get up the ladder? You know, in, like in, in our case, there are lots of things mm -hmm. that, that our team can do to elevate from their particular right. position simply by getting a little additional training. And it's mm -hmm. not something that's going to throw you into debt or anything that you've got to go to school for years for or anything of that nature. It may be just one skill that you need to acquire to be able to do a higher level job that might pay more at, at your employer. And then you can then uh, not raise your standard of living, but move that money over into your financial plan to advance you toward your goal. We've got about a minute left. Time for our last of six tips to good money habits. And Candace, I'll go back to you on that one. Remember the basics. You know, it, a lot of this is not complicated. It, it's pretty simple. But when it comes to behavior, nothing it seems to be simple. So you have to remember the basics. Yeah. So one of those is to spend less and invest the rest, yeah. right? So we want to spend less than we make. Otherwise, what are we doing? We're going into debt, mm -hmm. right? But if we spend less than we make, then we can invest the rest and start saving for retirement that way. Um, paying off your credit cards each month mm -hmm. you know we don't really mind a lot of people want to use our credit cards uh, to get the points and pay them off every month i do that that's cool yeah. You know, but as long as you're not keeping a running balance, right. mm -hmm. you know, because then you're paying interest and then those things start to snowball and yeah. go the opposite direction of what we're trying to do. So be careful yes. if you're using credit cards, but definitely pay it off every month. Exactly. Yeah. And then don't buy things you don't need. Right. Um, and I like to use um, like Kroger ClickList, make my list online and then just go pick it up. That way we're not in the store. Oh, this sounds good. If I take mm -hmm. my husband to the grocery store, <laughs> it's if like my I, wife were here, she'd be getting back at me right now. Last time I took my kids to the store, yes. it was like I released a, a, a group of monkeys. I mean, they were just like, "Can I have this? Can I have this? Can I have this?" So, uh, don't take your whole family to the store. Maybe that's another one. Yeah, I can see Candace running all over the store, going, "No, no, Put no, no!" Sorry, hun. We need to take a break. We'll be right back. Smarter, simpler, and more personal. The Get Ready for the Future show continues after this. Meet the GenWealth team in person at our GenWealth Academy workshops happening in your area. For more information, visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash events. Now, back to the show. Quick reminder before we go about those next two GenWealth Academy workshops. If you're watching us right now on live stream, you still have a chance to join us tomorrow night in Conway, fortifying your finances at 6.30 at Mike's Place. You can register at GetReadyForTheFuture.com. And then for both our live stream and radio audience, January 28th, the next opportunity in Little Rock at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock. Same topic, fortifying your finances. Go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com to register. It's always absolutely free to attend one of our events. We're talking about the psychology of personal finance today, and we've given you some tips to lead to create good money habits. 
But what about following you along the way? You know, we're going to spend this last segment talking about the value of having a coach. I mentioned in the first segment, uh, the best coaches, I believe, in sports are the ones that motivate, the ones that get the most out of the talent they have. And I think you see that time and time again. You can have teams with great talent that underachieve because they're not motivated to create the behaviors necessary to succeed. And I think we can give you all these tips and maybe you can apply it. There are some people who can do it by themselves, get on a budget and start saving money. But most people are going to need help along the way. And hiring a coach, getting a coach to walk alongside you, that is how we see our role at GenWealth, a financial coach more than an advisor. You know, we don't spend a lot of time in this show or, or many of our shows talking about specific investments. And there's a reason we do that. We don't know everyone's need is different, so we can't recommend investments on this program. But we don't even really talk about specific investment strategies too much because we've got to set this right before we really mm-hmm. get the other thing going. Yeah, absolutely. And when you think about uh, the athletic world, every athlete that's worth his salt has had a great coach. Uh, someone who didn't play the game but obviously was in their ear and in their head telling them things that they needed to do, things that they needed to watch. And there's all kinds of coaches out there. There's the the taskmaster, Nick Saban. Uh, there's the the uh, bludgeoner, uh, you know, Bobby Petrino. There's, uh, there's Sam Pittman who, uh, you know, and Bobby Petrino literally would almost bludgeon his, yes. his players into yes. doing what he wanted them to do. Yeah. I saw a great example of that one day. Uh, and, and, and then you got somebody like Sam Pittman who, is a player's coach who yeah. who is really builds on relationships and things of that nature. But all of them are focused on getting more performance out of that player. They don't have a purpose if they don't do that. And that's what a good coach does. And Janet, that's what we do here at GenWealth is we're looking to help you to really accelerate beyond what you might be able to do yeah. on your own by giving that objective third party look at things and then coaching you through the things that you may not know. That's absolutely right. I I firmly believe in the unique investment philosophy that we use here at GenWealth. I don't see anybody else in the state of Arkansas doing that. But beyond that, I really think that the most important role that we have as advisors really has nothing to do with investments. It is behavioral management. Mm -hmm. Because when somebody calls us and says, hey, I'm thinking about buying blah, 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 blah. Okay, let me look at your numbers. And I'm not going to tell you no every time because I'm the financial advisor, but I also don't need to say yes every time just because that's what you want. Now, at the end of the day, it's your choice. It's your money, but it's our job to go, okay, if you do this, the consequence will be X, whatever it looks like in your future. So that helps you to look at things through that logical lens that we talked about earlier. You've really got to have somebody to come along beside you. Money is very emotional, incredibly emotional. And you've really got to have somebody to come along beside you and coach you on behavioral management with regard to your finances. Yeah, It is very interesting because it's two parts. And I would be interested to know where the percentages fall on this, but it is about coaching you to make the right financial decisions, but so often it's helping you avoid making a financial mistake. You know, Janet's talking about that, giving you the facts. And I, the, the number one thing I think I deal with is people when they change jobs, Candace, and have the opportunity to tap the piggy bank of what is their 401k. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some people don't want to take some money out and buy something that they thought about or um, just don't know what to do with it and just leave it there and then nobody's watching it. So mm-hmm. it's a really got 
good idea to have a coach and kind of help you through that. Yeah, to avoid making some mistakes when it comes to yeah. penalties or big taxes or those things or how it would be detrimental to your retirement. I mean, sure. those are things that are emotional decisions. Maybe it's for a good reason, guys, to pay off mm-hmm. debt or to uh, pay off a mortgage or whatever the case may be. But you have to understand the consequences of the decisions you're going to make. And, and we have the ability to look at your plan yeah. and go, okay, so if you take X number of dollars out, Oh, by the way, you're going to have to take, if you need $50,000 to do whatever it is you want to do, then you might have to take $80,000 to net 50 because mm-hmm. most people have pre-tax money in their 401k plan. And so they're they're trying to figure out, okay, how, what do I got to do to get the 50? But we can also look at that and say, okay, if you take 80 out uh, on a pre-tax basis, this is the consequence that it's going to have on your program. And a lot of people might think, oh, I want to get out of debt. I want to go and throw a big chunk of money at debt. But when they realize that that's going to lower their income for the rest of their life by a certain amount or a certain percentage, then they may rethink that. And they may think, well, okay, I may want to think about paying that off in a different way than just taking out a lump sum. So those are things that that I think a coach can give you that third party objective perspective with and be able to say, look, this is a certainly something that you can do. But as we all know, everything that is legal is not necessarily in your best interest yeah. to do. Yeah. So when you think about it as as we move into what the backbone of our planning process is, it is the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. And focus in on that word, process. Because again, you're removing the emotions from this. We don't want your emotions to cause you to make a mistake. We want you to rely on the plan. And the plan is developed by moving through the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. Now, you may be 20, 30 years out from retirement and think, well, that's so far out. How do we develop the plan to get there? We can do it with the Ready to Retire process. Maybe you're five or 10 years out from retirement and you don't know if you have enough to retire. How are you going to do it? The Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process helps you come up with answers to those questions. I want to be sure that everybody gets something about the whole planning process for just a second. If you're young and you're thinking, man, retirement's a long way away, how do I possibly know uh, that I start here today and I'm going to end up here 30 years from now? You don't. Mm -hmm. But what you do is you start with the best information that you have right now. And as you go through you actually are able to adjust that plan on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis as conditions warrant, Janet. And that's why we do a regular check-in with folks because there are oftentimes many, many things that they might need to adjust based on whatever may be going on in their lives and whatever may be going on in the markets. Yeah, I'm thinking about a young man who is actually, he's attending West Point. So he's, you know, in, he's probably about 20 or so right now. And he's, thinking about retirement already, which is very wise. His parents have coached him to do that. But as I think about his path to retirement and what we have on paper on purpose right now, I know that in the next 35 to 40 years, those details will develop much more. The plan is going to adjust. His path will adjust. The point is he is on an intentional path right now. And for right now, with the details of his life at this point, he believes that it is the best path for him currently. He's been intentional about it. Again, we know it's going to change. We're talking about three and a half or four decades, but he's on a path to retirement. And as you get down this road, Scott, the closer you get to that destination of retirement, the more focused you've got to be on being precise about what you're doing. Early on when you're young, 
just start throwing money at it and do the best you can. And obviously you're going to plan and be a little bit more precise than that, but that's, you know, you, you kind of get started in that way, but as you're getting closer to retirement, you can begin to, to hone that down a little bit, narrow down some of the things that you're doing and get to a, a better perspective. Because again, the, the law of probabilities begins to reduce as you get closer to retirement. And so you are able to plan more the closer you get. So the plan, once it's created, determines the investment strategy, determines the savings rate, determines where we're going towards your retirement journey. If there's a crisis that happens, we refer to the plan. If things are going right, we check in still annually and see if we're on track, we refer to the plan. If there's a windfall that we talked about earlier, you get a little bonus money, you get a tax refund, refer to the plan, see where it needs to fit into your overall plan so that you can guide your behavior, you can help your psychology uh, avoid making big financial mistakes. You know, we're talking a lot on the show today about fear and emotion and things like that. A lot of people will see won't even start their plan unless they've had a life event or that crisis has Mm -hmm, already happened. So if you'll come in and just plan for retirement, we can plan for a lot of other things that might happen too that you may not foresee or even think about. I was speaking with a client the other day and she just said, man, I'm just so relieved that I get to you know, work with y'all when I get my statements. Um, I'm just comforted because I start to worry between statements that, mm. oh my gosh, things may not be okay. She said, then I get my statement, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And that makes me just feel a lot better. And that's just not you know, um, indicative of that we're amazing financial advisors, but we sat down, which we are, but we just sat down. <laughs> she said modestly. We, yes. we, we, we sat down though, and we planned. Mm-hmm. And so her family's gonna be okay. She happens to be a widow. She happened to lose her spouse. And the fact that she they sat down and planned ahead of time means her family's gonna be okay. And I think a lot of people let fear keep them from making that decision. They mm-hmm. don't want to talk about things that bad that could happen, and they don't want to plan for bad things to happen because that doesn't feel good. Yeah, you know. But that's a great point, and maybe that's you watching today or listening on the radio program. Fear has kept you from taking that next step. Don't let that happen. All it takes is a phone call or an email to get the process started, the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. You can sit down with an advisor in one of our offices, whether that's in Hot Springs, Bryant, West Little Rock, El Dorado, Bossier City, Louisiana, or coming soon, Conway. You can uh, make that connection by just calling 501 653 7355. Again, it's 501-653-7355. If you're watching on live stream, you can do that now. You can also send us an email info at getreadyforthefuture.com. That is it for today's program. We thank you so much for being with us. Another Get Ready for the Future show on live stream next Wednesday at 1130. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. 